This is your Kick-Ass Life Podcast, episode number 181, with guest Heather Chauvin. This is the Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast with Andrea Owen, a no-BS guide to self-help and badassery. Because ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey there, Asikers. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. As always, I'm so glad that you are here. And this is actually my second round of recording this intro. My first intro was a little different. It was a little somber, a little, I didn't have very much direction. And so I have spent the past hour and a half getting lost on YouTube in distraction of trying to make a decision about what to say during this intro. And really it's about, and I know that it's been several weeks at the point where this is going to come out, but as I am recording this, the shootings in Texas happened several, well, a few days ago. And before that it was Vegas. And I couldn't come on here and not say anything. And as you know, if you've been longer listeners of the show, it's been interesting. Me trying to figure out what my leadership looks like. What does that involve? What topics am I responsible for speaking out about? You know, me being someone who works in the world of wellness and life coaching, really. <laughs> That's my, my profession. That's what it says on the paperwork of my life. And so it can be a little tricky and confusing and what's my responsibility and what's not my responsibility. And, and that's not what this is about. A few minutes ago, I really just felt helpless, to be honest with you. And just as like, what difference does it make if I say anything about it at all? It's not going to change anything. And just really feeling the collective tension and fear that has been rising and climbing in this nation. And what I think the bottom line of it is that I want to say, and then we will get on with the show, is to keep doing the things that you're doing to create change. Whether you think that this is a gun issue or whether you think that this is a mental health issue, neither are working. And we need to keep voting and keep writing to our government's representatives to do something. I keep hearing the argument that when all those first graders got murdered in Sandy Hook, that when nothing changed after that, people believe that nothing will change. And I can't believe that. I can't totally give up hope that things will not change. I can't stop hoping that things will change, that my children will grow up in a nation where they feel safer, where there's policy that changes so they feel safer, so they can grow up and have children so that their children will feel safer. I can't give up that hope. And I hope you're with me. So that's been heavily weighing on my mind, and I'm sure heavily weighing on your mind as well. So completely switching gears on the other end of my mind is, yeah, this book that I have coming out, the show must go on, right? It is coming out January 2nd. I know you have been hearing about it, How to Stop Feeling Like Shit. And I'm so proud of this book. I really, really am. It's been such a labor of love. Not to mention, have I told you guys this? That I think I did. My, I wrote about it in the book. My dad died when I was sort of in the middle of writing it. And so definitely it helped shape the book and really made me look at how I am behaving when really hard stuff happens in my life. And that's, you know, really what the book is, is how to cope with life. And 
there are a lot of bonuses that I'm giving away for anyone that pre-orders the book. So the link is over at yourkickasslife.com forward slash H-T-S-F-L-S. You can find that in the show notes. And the thing I'm probably most excited about, there's all kinds of prizes and drawings that we're doing for various things. But the thing I'm really most excited about is January 22nd, we are going to start a four week collective book study where I am guiding y'all through a a kind of like a class, but it is really more of a, a book club study with the author where I will be guiding and answering questions and cheering you on. And the collective group is going to be together supporting each other. So I sincerely hope that you join Join us and to get a free ticket to that class, all you need to do is pre-order the book, yourkickasslife.com forward slash H-T-S-F-L-S. I'm excited about today's interview. Heather is a friend of mine. She is so smart and wise and such great energy. Let me tell you a bit about her before we jump in. Heather Chauvin has been named the next generation's thought leader in parenting and women's leadership. Her mission is to crack people open to their deepest potential and lead the life their soul craves. Heather's the creator of the new and noteworthy podcast, Mom is in Control, and has been featured on the OWN Network, Huffington Post, TV outlets, and others. With wit and wisdom, Heather inspires a global community of women and families to take back control of how they want to lead, work, play, and parent. So without further ado, here is Heather. Hello, Heather. Thank you for being here. I'm so excited. Me Thank you, Andrea. Too. Yeah, I have been admiring everything that you say online for so long and just been dying to get you on. So I am really excited to have this conversation with you. So I'm ready to jump in. I have like 17 questions to ask you. So this might be like a three hour interview. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. Well, and then my first question is about luck, actually. And so do you believe that we make our own luck or do you believe our fortunes are swayed by the things that are out of our control? So this is funny and I don't know where I wrote it yesterday, but I was talking about like, fuck luck. Like this, <laughs> we create our own realities and oh it must be nice it must really be nice to have the freedom it must really be nice to do that yeah and do you know how hard and conscious I had to be to create this reality for myself so I believe we totally create our own luck in a very practical way so if we get really woo woo and all of that fun stuff I mean that's not my I love being woo woo but we're not talking about stars here it's about what do we want in our lives and mm-hmm. what are those things that people say oh you're so lucky in a nutshell we totally create it well okay that's interesting because quick story when I first started coaching I got really into the whole law of attraction and for those of you listening who don't know what that is that's kind of what what Heather was just talking about so the law of attraction the bottom line of it is that you create your own reality and what you put out into the universe you get back so on a very rudimentary level if you think positive thoughts then more positivity will come to you and if you focus on the things that you want in your life you'll get more of that and vice versa so I was like gung-ho with that for a while and partly because when my whole life fell apart and when I decided to change it was right when the movie well it was a book first but the secret came out 
So that was like, I jumped in like head first. I was like, I'm in. And then I started, when I started really diving into that and these teachers who really teach it hardcore were saying things like, you know, <laughs> so bad children who get abused, they basically brought that on by their vibration oh my God. from another yeah. lifetime. And I was like, what? Like, let's put, let's throw in the shame there. Why don't we? <laughs> right. Like this is totally your fault. No. No, fuck you. Like I could not get on board with that. So, so what I have done, and I don't know if you think the same way, but I take what I want and leave the rest. So I do think that there's, yes, I do think that most times we create our own reality. I think that I've created mine and I'm here to say too, I'm someone that owns my own privilege. And like, I know that it's easier for me to create my own reality than for a lot of other people. Mm -hmm. But I think I just wanted to get that out of the way. <laughs> so so where, where I do like, you stand on all that? Yeah. So I love that you bring that up for two reasons. I can own my privilege as well. Okay. So I can sit here as a white woman and say, I created my own luck. And other people would be like, oh, must be nice. All of these other things. And then I can look at other inspirational speakers. What's his name? Eric Thomas. I love him. Do you know who he is? I don't. Okay. He's this black man who was homeless in Detroit and he is an international speaker now. And he talks about pretty much from a place of, Hey guys, I've been to the bottom of the barrel and look where I am. And I created my own reality. Right? So I can't speak from a place of being a black man homeless in Detroit, but I can speak from being a woman who has gone through severe abuse in relationships, through all of these crazy things, through depression, through severe illness, through all of this stuff and go, you know what? Yeah, I had to like literally crawl my way out of this. But I love what you're talking about when you talk about the law of attraction, because when you step into this world, I mean, there's so much shame of like, yeah, that's what I saw. Oh, I create all of this. And I'm like, you know what? If it doesn't feel good, please let it go. But the one thing that I didn't pick up on when I was watching that movie and reading the book was, oh, shit, I need to take action in order to create (laughs) these things. Like they forgot that step. Right. It just doesn't fall into your lap. Right. Right. (laughs) And so when I think about the law of attraction, I talk about it a lot, but we don't talk about our thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. So if I'm sitting here going, I'm a shitty person, I'm a shitty person, I'm not going to get anything like, oh, I suck, I suck, I suck, I'm not good enough. And I have this reoccurring thought in my mind. It's amazing when you become conscious enough and go, oh, stop. And you rewrite the story. And I teach people to do this all the time. So I'm like, what is that story that you're telling yourself in your mind? Oh, that I'm not enough that I can never make money in my business, that, you know, my children will never listen to me, that I'm always going to be exhausted. Great. So knowing that the actions that you are taking are in alignment with that because Mm -hmm. you're not jumping outside your comfort zone because you don't believe you can have what you want. And so when we come to the law of attraction, then we really talk about, let's rewrite that story. So every morning I'm taking the action to say, what do I want How am I going to attract that? What mindset do I have to have? And I literally create the space to write out the mindset that I'm going to have. And I talk to myself all the time, Mm -hmm. all the time. Like, this is easy. I can do this. I can do this. Like this morning when I was writing a thousand words, 
This is so easy. This is fun and exciting. I know exactly what I need to write. And I'm sitting there and I'm just writing, writing, writing. Don't judge yourself, Heather. Just write, 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 write. So there's these little micro actions that need to happen that people don't talk about when we get really woo-woo into the whole bigger picture Uh of creating your luck. Yes. I remember that part being absent too. And, you know, the whole, I got really into vision boards and I still recommend it to clients too. But I also talk about like, this isn't about just cutting pictures out of a magazine and slapping them up on a poster board and hanging it up and and staring at it and, you know, willing it to happen. And I love that you said that. Okay. So let's talk about that for a minute. Like this whole story that we tell ourselves. I think that I'm a huge fan of journaling and I'm also a huge fan of writing letters to yourself, to your former self, to things like fear and love and whatever, whatever resistance you have that's holding you back. And it sounds like that's what you do too, right? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> People, <laughs> and I laugh because everyone resists it so much. Because it's and hard I, and it makes you look you and I have been, Yeah, you and I have been talking about writing a little mm-hmm. bit off the air. And I resist writing so much, but yet why am I not giving up on it? I'm not giving up on it because there's this deep desire. There's this little voice. There's this little ache, this pull. You can call it intuition. You can call it soul. You can call it whatever you want. It's that part of you that wants to be expressed, that purpose, that thing that needs to come out. And I always tell women, follow that voice, follow that desire. And there's no better way to get to that place than to write in your journal, on the computer, whatever. It's creativity, it's expression. Mm-hmm. And so it's in those places. But the funny thing is, is, as soon as you start, as soon as you get, you're like, all right, the candle's lit, you know, the kids are gone, everything is perfect. Oh shit, here comes resistance. Yeah. Right? And then Wonder it's what's like, going on on Instagram. Wonder oh, about, you know, let me check my email. Oh, oh, look, there's some spider webs in the corner. Now's the time when I'm going to, you know, it's, it's August. I'm going to do all my Christmas shopping now and get it over with. Like, it's just ridiculous the things that come up, but it's about co-creating your life with resistance. And I mean, I know you're going to talk about cancer, but that was like the biggest game changer when it came to like being comfortable with the uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, let's segue over there. My question is, you know, how did that cancer diagnosis teach you to live a different life? How did it change your life? Yeah. So I was on this journey. I've been in this little outside of the box world trying to attempt to create my own thing for, I mean, parenting woke me up and that was almost 13 years ago. And then after that, I was just like, no, not this, not this, not this. Right. Elizabeth Gilbert wrote a beautiful blog post a while back. It was called not this. And I shared it and everybody was like, yes, yes. It's like, we don't want this in our lives. So I've been doing this for a while. And when I shifted into my business and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go for it, right? I'm going to go all in. I'm going to raise these babies, going to breastfeed these babies. I'm going to like pop them out like chiclets. I'm going <laughs> to do work <laughs> from home. It's going to be great. And I was exhausted. I was miserable. I was angry. I was depleted. And everybody looked at me like I was a super mom, which was annoying. And I was like, guys, like I am kind of dead inside and I'm numb, but I don't know that I'm dead because I'm numb and I can't, I don't know that in hindsight's 2020. And so looking back, I was so depleted and didn't know what to eat, didn't know when to sleep, all of these crazy things. And so I just neglected myself. And so we talk about intuition, this little voice, my body, Mm -hmm. the connection between myself and my body was so not there. 
and I would get these aches and these pains and I would listen and I go, I don't have time for this. I don't have time to listen to this ache. I don't have time to listen to this pain. I'm going to go to the doctor and I'm playing the movie in my mind. I'm playing the story in my mind of what they're going to tell me, how long this process is going to take, more time that I don't have. And so what happened was it was December 21st, 2013, went to the emergency room. They did a CT, blood work, and on the spot, you know, after waiting hours, told me that I had cancer. Andrea, the mm-hmm. crazy thing is I already knew. Really? Yes. It was confirmation from this deep, deep, deep fear that I had. I knew I had cancer. I actually said to my husband like months before, wouldn't it be funny if I had cancer? Why would I say that? Wow. Why would I say that? So it felt in my bones confirmation. I was like, yeah, I already knew this. What and kind so of cancer I- was it? It was called the Burkitt's lymphoma. Mm-hmm. It was rapid Burkitt's. It was stage four when they were diagnosed me. And so I had these little tiny tumors all over my abdomen. I had one big growth. So by the time within a two week span, my abdomen looked like I looked pregnant. Mm-hmm. When I actually went to emerge, they're like, oh, honey, triage is upstairs. We don't accept pregnant people here. I was wow. like, I'm not pregnant. And they're like, oh, I'm like, that's the problem. <laughs> so... Yeah. And I had to go through chemo. I was resistant to that because, you know, and there's so much shame around that, right? Especially if you're in this healthy world, drinking green smoothies and you can cure cancer. Mm -hmm. Google it, go to this place. And then of course, everyone's got to send you their articles and how they have never had cancer, but they know how to cure it. And so I gave in, gave in, I surrendered. I completely surrendered. And I remember walking out of the hospital that night, looking up, And, you know, back then I was really triggered by the G-O-D word. And now I'm like, universe, God, whoever you are, you're with me. I got you. You know, I create Mm -hmm. my own belief systems. And I just remember walking out of the hospital, looking up and going, okay, you finally have my attention. (laughs) And that is how everything changed. I walked slower. I created my business, my relationships in alignment with how I wanted to feel. And if something doesn't feel good to me, if I'm working too hard, if a relationship is too hard, I sit back and reassess and go, is this because my son is almost 13 and I got to deal with this? Or is there an easier way here? And 99.9% of the time, it's a belief that I have. It's something that I'm push, 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 push. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no. There is a way to make this easier and everything has transformed. I have so much more time, so much more energy and so much more money and my relationships are quality and I had to let go of a lot of people and a lot of shit, but I surrendered. And so the contrast of that is huge grief and loss of what I was holding on to that I didn't even know I was holding on to, but I've never felt so free in my life and I've never been so fucking healthy, like ridiculously healthy. Hmm. That's incredible. I didn't actually know that whole story and and I'm glad you answered it because that was my question when you said that, like, what did surrendering actually look like? And I think the thing that stuck out at me the most is when you surrendered to there being something bigger than you, call it God. And I know that I think there's a lot of people, myself included, who grow up in, and I don't know what your you know religious or spiritual background was, but for me, it was I grew up going to church in a specific religion and then getting to the point where I heard that voice of something's it's 
something doesn't feel right. And I had a lot of resistance when my kids were born, like on one hand, panic that we weren't going to church and oh my God, panic that they weren't baptized. And then on the other hand, feeling really uncomfortable about the whole concept of sending them to this church. I wasn't fully on board on those exact beliefs anymore. My beliefs were different, but I couldn't find this place where <laughs> where it was. And I'm mm-hmm. like, does it need to be a place? But long story short, it sounds like you surrender to that too, just like what your spirituality is. And it sounds like taking control of your life. And maybe that's my question. Like, how do you balance taking control of your life and then also surrendering? So just to back up a little bit, to me, like church now, because I always have this conversation with my husband because we both grew up Roman Catholic mm-hmm. and our children. Wow, actually you're go, not fucking around. <laughs> no <that> religion. <laughs> no. And our children go to Catholic school, okay. but it's definitely shifted and changed. It's way more open than when I went to school. But I never grew up going to church like on a regular basis. But it was like. I was never taught spirituality either. Like I was never brought into yoga or meditation or like to think for myself. And that's what I teach my kids now. You know, when they come and they talk about certain things, I'm like, do you believe that? And they're like, yeah, no, like I don't want to like, I'm like, just be open. Like I remember in high school, I took a world religion class and I was like, there's other religions. Me too. I took one of those in college and I was like, holy crap. Yeah. And then it just gives you freedom. So coming back and I, you know, I say to my husband, I go, I'm sorry. I just, you know, on Sundays, I just want to be with my family and be a good person and like prep for the next week. And I said to me, that's church. And that feels really good. I said, I just want to be a good person. I don't need someone to tell me to be a good person. I just want to take action on it. And like, I'm such a big advocate for action. And this is just my family and my world. And people can make their own choices and do what they want. Mm -hmm. So the question you asked me is about surrender and then taking back control of your life. And I I think there's a lot of confusion about what surrender looks like. A lot of people think it's just like go with the flow, just sit back and do nothing, just sleep all the time. Like if you (laughs) relax. Yeah. But surrender to me, and this is my own personal experience because it's almost one of those things that it's like childbirth or something, you know, you just, you can't explain it to somebody Mm -hmm. until they've done it. You're like, Mm -hmm. yeah, you get me. It's this internal ache, this internal core, something shifts. Like there's this deep, deep, deep connection, right? I can see it in the women that I work with where someone's like, okay, Heather, you told me to do this. Check, 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 check. And then this other woman who's like, something has shifted. And I said, you have surrendered. This other individual has not. They're still checking it off the list. It was this deep, like, fuck. It was this deep, like, I get you. I am connected. Something bigger than myself. I'll tell you this quick story. After I got sick, I was on this hunt of like, why did I get sick? Right. So I'm willing to rub dog shit all over myself if somebody told me to do this. Okay. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, what was it? What was it? And I remember going to this very intuitive colleague, friend of mine who's local. And she was doing this reading on me. She goes, Heather, you're pulling your energy from yourself. You're not pulling from source. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) Please explain. (laughs) What are you, what do you mean by this? And now I get it. Mm -hmm. She's like, you're giving from your cup. You're always give, 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 give from you. It's never from a place of like, the divine, right? Or something bigger than yourself. So now, and I do this, you know, especially you get this being a coach and anyone who's listening, who works with other people or just has children or other human beings in their life. And you just feel like you're constantly giving from yourself. Now I show up in the space of like, I am the vessel. Mm -hmm. 
I am the vessel. What needs to come through me right now? So this person might be going through a horrible time, but I'm not giving from my cup. I'm giving from something bigger than me. And it's very weird. And so and when I say very weird, I mean, because surrender. So I'll circle back around and answer this question. Surrender is when I'm like, I do not need to do all of this myself. I got a team around me of invisible people Mm -hmm. (laughs) that I am going to depend on and they are going to teach and to guide me and to point me in the right direction. Now, when you say, what does it mean or what does it look like to take back control of your life? I also utilize that energy and those tools and strategies to take back control. So going back to the writing, going back to the journaling. Yeah. It's saying, what do I desire? And I say this to women all the time. They're like, I don't know what I want. I said, you fucking know what you want. You're just using that as an excuse because it's kept you safe for so long. Mm -hmm. So let's dig a little bit deeper. If you did know what you want, what would that look like? I don't know. I want a bath. I want an ice cream. I want a coffee. I want sex. I want new clothes. I want to wax my mustache. I want to have time. I want to, I need to go get my mustache. I always, bri- I always break out when I wax my mustache. I, just oh God, it. I get it threaded. Oh. Oh, bitch. <laughs> Anyways, my upper lip is so tough. <laughs> so tough. <laughs> So anyways, back on this thought. So anyways, you're writing this out. You're like, I just, I want, I want, I want, I want. And then the juicy shit comes, Mm -hmm. right? Just like when you're writing, I want freedom. I want to leave my job. You know, if my marriage doesn't improve, I'm fucking out of here. I want my children to respect me. Okay, great. Awesome. Those are your goals. Focus there. Take back control from that place. What specific actions do you need to take on a daily basis? I will tell you a specific daily action that you can take to feel in control of your energy is earplugs. This is my secret. Earplugs. Silicone ones. Yes. They're way better than the foam ones. P.S. Yeah. I even (laughs) had somebody tell me that you can go to an ideologist or whatever. Not ideologist. Audio. Yeah. That person. Uh, you can get them made for you to fit your Custom ear. <laughs> yes. The silicone ones mold to your ears, though. You do have to change them out every once in a while. You can't wash them. Yeah. This gross. I love earplugs. I'm such a happier human being because of it. When you are a highly sensitive person, mm-hmm. which we all have sensitivities, I can be in the presence of my children when they are being children and I can smile at them and say, I love you and I can't hear you right now. Yeah. I've slept with them for 10 years. I don't recommend this if you don't have someone else in the room or right near you because, you know, like emergencies and fires and crying children and stuff. But I cannot sleep without them. Yeah. You know, we're laughing about this, but it's an action. Yeah. It's an action that people, you know, your shit will come out because people are like, am I neglecting my children? I'm like, no, but it's an action that you are taking to stand in the presence of somebody else when maybe your child's having a tantrum or something and to say, I'm going to be present with you instead of wanting to run away and hide Uh or you're not talking to me right now in a respectful tone. Therefore I am not going to respond. This is the action that we need to take to manifest the life that we want. But in order to start there, we need to know what we want and you need to get really fucking clear and honest with yourself and give yourself permission to want what you want. None of this bullshit of, Oh, I just want to be a good wife. (laughs) don't get me started i'm i okay no and and if anybody wants that like i didn't mean to bust out laughing 
but I did. And it's because, okay, so I love this conversation and I had no idea we would go down this path, but I love it. And I really think you and I should get married if it doesn't work out with our spouses. But no, <laughs> this- that. I'm going to be single and solo and traveling the world. <laughs> Ladies. <laughs> I well, lost my 20s. I was a mom at 18. So oh, I'm wow. just going to. I go batshit crazy. I was busy partying and sleeping around when I was 18. So it was a little bit different life. <laughs> I, am I, I never did that. I popped a baby out and then had to grow up really quick. Wow. Well, I mean, you never know. You could still go back to having that stage in your life. But anyway, I digress. I, I wanted to like the juice of what you were saying, I think. And then I want to add on to is because I've met also a lot of women like when I would do a workshop and I would do a visualization and, and ask women to visualize what they want to have, what they want to be, what they want to do. Several women sheepishly would say, I have no idea. You know, and then, of course, you know, through coaching, you can find out what it is. But then here's what I find happens. So they list all the things that they want. They finally figure it out and they start flowing. Then, I mean, as you and I both know, it's never the thing that you want. It's the actual experience that you want or it's the feeling that you think that you're going to get from having this thing. And then what ends up happening a lot, I'm going to like spoil it for everybody. That's where actually the resistance is coming from, because so many women usually on an unconscious level, don't feel like they deserve that. Don't feel like they deserve the intimate connection in a partnership. Don't feel like they deserve the recognition at their job through a promotion or a raise and things like that. So it's like, that's what I want to get to the bottom of. Like, let's just, you know, fast forward the whole process for people. Because mm-hmm. it's same with like the fear of success. Like people talk a lot about the fear of failure. So many women in my community and listening to this have a fear of success. Like, how am I going to sustain this? What does it mean to be in the spotlight? What does it mean to be a leader? And all of these things. And I think that's the kind of thing that we don't really talk about. Oh my God. Yes. And this will come up again and again. So people think once I get over this fear, you're co-creating your life with it. There is no once I get over it. Fear of success, fear of failure, fear in general, resistance. You're co-creating your life with it. I have adopted them as additional children. I have brought them into my life. You know, they have a room in my house. Yep. And sometimes I'm like, you know, I may lock you in your room today, but that is where you're staying. You're never going to get over it. Thank right. You. It doesn't matter who you talk to. They could be quadrillionaires, Oprah, like freaking president, whoever you talk to. I don't want to talk to the president, but like you understand what I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay. I'm Canadian and we have prime minister. So <laughs> Whoever you talk to, you know, when we look at these people and put them on a pedestal and go, how do they do it? What's their secret? They just fucking take action. That's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And they they're still sit, scared. Yes. They sit with their resistance. They sit with the discomfort. And the funny thing is, you know, when people look at you and go, oh my God, I love your life. You're so lucky. Yeah. I'm so comfortable. Never. Right. <laughs> like maybe for five seconds of the day. And then I decide to get out of bed and mm-hmm. then do things. And Based I'm really uncomfortable. But that's where like your tools come in. I tap, you know, EFT. Yep. Do you mm-hmm. tap? Me? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. I haven't my- in a while, but I have used it. I usually do that. Like when I jump out of the plane and my parachute won't open type situation. Yeah. Like <laughs> I use it all the time. Like I can tap right now and just I feel amazing. But the thing is, that's where vulnerability comes in. That's where courage and bravery, like, hey, guys, I'm so scared I'm doing this thing. And oh, my gosh, my body is overreacting. But that's okay. And the truth is, come on in fear. Come on in resistance. Okay, let's hold hands. We're writing this book together. We're doing this together. So anyways, the reason why I 
I was going to tell you is when I said to my husband, this is his first full week home. He let go of his corporate gig. He's a full-time self-employed man now. Nice. And we spend time together during the day, which so far I don't want to kill him. But this is the interesting part. I have this sense of freedom and it wasn't like time freedom. It was interesting. I said to my son, okay, short term setback, long term game, right? We're in this for the long game. Isn't it interesting how, you know, it's not about the new kitchen. It's not about having to go to Disney World every year. It's not about having all of these things. When you can create a life that you want It is the feeling that you're after, like you were saying. It is, you know, what you think you want. Well, when we make this much money, then we can do this. No, just fucking jump, open your parachute. Yeah, you got enough. Your nest egg is there. You're fine. Create it. I'm like, you know what? I don't need anything else. This is exactly what we need. When he can help putting the kids to school in the morning, when he can, you know, be at the kids hockey game, when he can go to lunch with my son, when he can do all these things that like the kids never got an opportunity for. And yet he can do whatever the fuck he wants. And it's in alignment with how he wants to feel. This is magic. And this is what freedom is. I don't fucking care if I can't get my kitchen reno this month. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, this is freedom. And it was so fucking scary to do it. We're interrupting this conversation for a quick word from one of our sponsors. If you follow me on Instagram, you know I spend all day here at YKAL headquarters with my beloved German short-haired pointer, Giselle. Recently, the people over at BarkBox sent us a box to try and we're dying over what was in it. There's a video in my show notes, y'all. Go over and check it out. Every month, BarkBox Paw picks all the best all-natural treats and innovative toys to match a dog's unique needs, including allergies and heavy chewer preferences. BarkBox is a great way to try a variety of treats and toys from local and small businesses that you may not otherwise be able to find. Scouts honor, if your dog does not like something in the box, they'll send you something your dog will love for free because they're all about dog happiness. Fortunately, my dog is obsessed with her squeaker sloth toy from our last box. And y'all, these are amazing holiday gifts to give those dog owners in your life things that you don't know what to get the actual person. So it's perfect. I know my clients will be getting these. Spoiler for anyone of my clients who are listening. For a free extra month of BarkBox, visit BarkBox.com forward slash Y-K-A-L when you subscribe for a six or 12 month plan. Yes, it is. I'm so glad you said that. It's true. And I beg people all the time. I'm like, please don't put me on a pedestal because none of us deserve to be there. I don't think any, I think I stopped putting people on pedestals the minute people started putting me on one and I knew how like fallible I was. (laughs) I'm like, oh no, no, no. All y'all out there, famous people, whatever, have all the same feelings and fears that we do. Let's talk about overwhelm because as we're recording this right now, I know you're writing a book. I am entering the thick of book promotion, which is probably the most stressful time. I've done it before and it was the most stressful time of my entire career ever, like this job and other jobs. And I'm about to do it again. And what I have noticed is that this time I have an easier time talking myself out of it and just mantras like, it's all going to work out fine. These emails can wait till tomorrow. I can just put the stuff on my to-do list. I have a great team. I trust them, et cetera. So how do you encourage women to take control of overwhelm? Brain dump. First mm-hmm. thought that comes to my mind. Mm-hmm. I'm like, so explain what that is for someone that might have never heard of that. Yes. So 
Anytime I feel overwhelmed with anything, it doesn't necessarily need to be a to-do list, pen to paper. I dump it all out. The feedback I typically receive for this is immediate relief. I dump it all out. And I will look and I go, what is the most highest leverage action that I need to take right now? People underestimate highest leverage action, right? Because if you're leading by your emotions, you're going to do the things that are like not that scary, What is the most highest leverage action that is going to allow you to get closer to your goal, mentally, physically, spiritually, whatever that is, money, time, energy. So one thing that people underestimate and I need to start talking more about, I talk a lot about this in my coaching, but I need to put it out there. Self-care. I hate the word because it's like people think it's about manis and petties. I cannot (laughs) tell you how my life has evolved from going to the gym and I never ever seen you think like you vote walking. You need to fucking go to the gym every day, Andrea, every day, No, walk every day, pump that sweat out of your system every day, gym and food game changer, game changer. Not kidding. No overwhelm. Not kidding. Not kidding. So you are telling me that diet and exercise works. I know. Like <laughs> why would I drink water and eat my veggies? Who does that, right? This is such a new concept. (laughs) And I I appreciate you saying that because right now, as we're recording this, yesterday, I think I drank an entire pot of coffee. Are you fucking kidding me? No. And I drink probably like three cups throughout an entire day. And I know exactly what time I need to stop so I can sleep. And I pretty much have it under control. But I say that because being someone in recovery for alcoholism and several other obsessive compulsive (laughs) addictions. This is what I do. Like when I get to that place of where I have so many things on my task list and my inbox just like keeps, I swear to God, when I get it down to inbox zero, I turn around, I go to lunch and I come back and it's like back up to 25 and I'm like, I want to kill somebody. And that's what I do. I'm compensating with the overwhelm by drinking more coffee because it's comforting to me. I love the way that it smells. I love the way that it tastes. So it's just another form of wine. Like who am I? (laughs) So overwhelm is another child to adopt, right? We've labeled it out of bedrooms in my house. But instead of calling, if I had a little girl, I'd call her Penelope. I don't know why, but I love that name. So let's just adopt this little child. Her name is Overwhelm. Mm -hmm. And she's coming in and she's really scared right now. She's like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And you're like, you got this. You're fine. And she comes in all the time, right? She's there with you. And now she really, she's really scared because she's like really up in her game. Like when I get in this phase of my life and I watch it, especially during launch period, right? And I'll have this conversation with my husband. I go, am I enough? Am I doing enough? And then I cry. He goes, let me guess. You have six days left until the cart closes. <laughs> and he, I was like, how did you know? He goes, Heather, I could fucking make a calendar. Oh, yeah. With, we call that the with launch your, blues. With your mood. And I'm like, I get it. And every time I'm like, how can I hijack this? Right? Mm-hmm. How can I life hack it? And the truth is when I just slow down and I don't want to get out of bed in the morning and go to the gym or I'm like, here's my third cup of coffee when I know that I should only be drinking one, if that, Mm -hmm. I literally sit there and of course you have to practice what you preach and it's really fucking hard sometimes. I will sit there and I'm like, I don't want to go to the gym. Oh, and then I can just talk myself out of it. I'm really sore. I'm good. I don't need to go today. I went like three or four days in a row. And I will focus on my why. If this was my child, 
like becoming the best version of myself just to become that person that I so badly want my children to have a role model for and be like, my mom did it. I can do it too. I sit there and I focus on my why. And I'm like, get your ass to the gym because it's not about the gym. It's about the bigger meaning and purpose. And so I feel like if people say, what's your why, Heather? I have many whys. It's more of like a feeling, but realizing that as a teenager, I didn't want to live. I literally tried so hard to escape my body. Mm -hmm. So hard. I didn't turn to drugs and alcohol. I turned to sleep and attempting suicide, not multiple times, just once and contemplating it for so long. I was like, I just want to die. I just want to die. I don't know what my purpose is. And then I almost fucking died. Stage four cancer, doctor looking at me, glazed over eyes going, Heather, we don't know if you're going to make it. We don't know if your boys are going to have a mom like in a month. We don't know that. And I had to fight to live. So here I am almost dying. What the fuck? Why does this keep showing up that I have to fight to live? So when I'm like, oh, overwhelm is coming in. I want to grab that extra coffee. I want and I'm like, go to the gym, fight to live. This is it serve the bigger purpose. And I have to get really fucking quiet with myself and listen to that little tiny voice and just all of those adopted children that have come in, the fear, the overwhelm, the resistance. I'm like, okay, guys, go to school. I ain't fucking babysitting you today. I got this shit. And you got to get really silent with yourself and it sucks balls or vaginas or whatever. It sucks. But like the thing is, or like focus on me holding your book, bawling my eyes out going, yes, I don't want to feel like shit anymore. This mm-hmm. is awesome. Or that woman who's on the bathroom floor crying. And that's what I have to do. Mm-hmm. It's so painful. Some days you got to dig deep into this pile of shit and then go, I got this and be that like Phoenix rising from the ashes. Yes. I think it's so important too. And I don't do this as often as I probably should, it would help more is just looking up from the minutia of the to-do list. Yeah. And there's so many moving parts, especially in the phase, the season that I'm in right now, there's so many moving parts and there's so many emails and there's so many tasks to be done and pages on the website that need to be written. And it's overwhelming. And, and a lot it's of, like a current. It is. And a lot of people need something from me. So it's not just my team now. It's also the publisher and my agent and, you know, like multiple people on my team and my colleagues and, you know, favors. For, for, and clients. Oh God. And clients. Yeah, I've cut back on them a little bit during this time just because I can't show up as much as they deserve to be showed up for if I have too many at one time. So it's being pulled in multiple directions. And I love that tool of the brain dump of just of getting everything out. And I do that sometimes and it doesn't, sometimes it doesn't make any sense, but like just post-its everywhere too. That's what works for me. And what you were saying, that bigger why of why do you want what you want and what is the thing that you want that is being served by this period of your life? You know, whether you call it overwhelm or whether you call it a busy time or whatever. And I kind of go back and forth with that whole like overwhelm is a choice. How do you feel about that? I have a feeling I know what you're going to (laughs) say. That's bullshit. Like I've never heard of, I've never really heard of overwhelm is a choice. I feel like if you ask me, what do you think about burnout as a choice? I would say 
that I can see a little bit of truth in it because I can stop and be like, okay, I'm burnt out. But I feel like overwhelm is something just like fear, doubt, worry, like an emotion. It can just slap you in the face sometimes. And you're like, where did this come you from? Don't see it coming. Right? Yeah. Like I can be doing everything that I'm quote unquote supposed to be doing. I don't really think overwhelm is a choice. I think you have a choice of how you're going to manage it. Yes. But some days you're like, oh my gosh, like when you're processing shit, overwhelm might be your process, right? Mm -hmm. Like it just sits with you and you're like, okay, you're going to hang out here for a while. It's just being mindful. Like, you know, after a while you get annoyed and everyone's like, oh, try this, try this, read this book, do this. I'm like, fuck no. I just let me do my thing. Mm -hmm. Let me have, let me stay in my own lane, focused, doing my own shit. And, you know, if coffee is what I need to get me through this process, it is, it's a choice, right? And then you deal with it. But it's about self-awareness. What do I need? And I think too often the world, even in the self-help world, you know, it's still trickling in like, I know what's better for you. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, you don't. I know what's best for me. Right. So, I mean, oh, my gosh recovering my body after treatment, everybody knew what was better for me. And I'm like, guys, this is a full-time job just to get my body back up to par. So one day I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to start living my life, not trying to heal every wound because guess what? I'm never going to be fully, completely healed, Mm -hmm. right? Like Mm -hmm. it's an evolution. So I'm like, no, I'm going to be happy now. So when you talk about overwhelm, is a choice. I'm like, no, man, we have busy, full lives and our children are busy, full people. Like last night I had a crisis in my house. And while my son was sitting there freaking out, I was like, (laughs) I'm so bad. I'm like, wow, Heather, you really upped your game because you would have been a puddle (laughs) like years ago. You would have been a disaster. This would have like got you at the knees this would have taken you out at the knees but you can sit here and be present and be fully present and you're not losing your shit mm-hmm. and I'm like you've grown you've changed and I'm like okay it's just about those little micro actions that you take on a daily basis but let overwhelm in go why are you here what do you need organize that shit and move on and practice no, and what you're I'm pre- glad you say that because I actually thought that you were going to say yes overwhelm is a choice because we see that in personal development and I may years and years ago might have even said that. So if I did, I'm sorry, (laughs) I actually changed my mind. In some cases, it's about perspective. It's about changing your language. But I think that, you know, when I hear that, I'm like, oh my God, no, have you seen my to-do list? Like, and, and I, I think you brought up a good point that I wasn't even thinking about is that they're very well, I see it all the time, overwhelming personal development. Like when someone's going through one of my courses or one of my private clients and they uncover something big and that can be overwhelming because when you don't know, when you live your life, not knowing how to cope with the emotions and things that are coming at you and life feels like it's coming at you and you feel like you don't have any control over it. And then you open up Pandora's box Mm -hmm. and you're like, Oh fuck, I don't even know how to deal with any of this. That's when I tell people like, like what you were saying. And if I have a client that's in that, I tell them, all right, for the next month, like no podcasts, including my own, you know, no self-help. Yes. No. Because it's like they keep looking for this answer out there. There's got to be a solution. Where's this key? Where's the step-by-step process? And trust me, I have been there. I have been like, this is the book that I'm going to read that's going to heal me of this pain that, that I'm struggling through. And it's not. And it's for me, you know, my gosh, I was 40 by the time I finally surrendered 
and and was like, oh, the answers are within me and I do have them. And that whole concept of self-trust, I've talked about that a lot on the podcast recently, just because it's something so prevalent in my own life. And it took me a long time to really believe myself and have that trust that A, I'm going to be okay. B, I can get through this and I have the tools within me to be able to do that. You know what? It really happened. And I have to say that when I was pregnant with my daughter, she was my second child and I had had a cesarean previously. My son was born via cesarean section and I wanted to have a vaginal birth. For those that are unaware, it's known as a VBAC, a vaginal birth after cesarean. I will not get Mm -hmm. into all of the debate on that, but there was something inside of me that said, she is fine. We are fine. My uterus is strong enough to do this. And it was mm-hmm. the first time I actually was like, I'm pretty sure that this is the message that I'm getting. Meanwhile, the doctors are like, well, she's small for her gestational age. Well, your placenta is starting to calcify when I was like 39 weeks pregnant. Of course it is. And, you know, they're like, they're playing all these scare Fear. tactics with me. Yeah. Right. Because they wanted to be in control of it because I was a liability. And sure enough, I went into labor on my own. It was the perfect labor. It was no problems whatsoever. She was born totally healthy. And it was the first time I was like, wow, I listened to my body. It was a big risk. You know, this is my child. It's not like, Mm -hmm. let's play the lotto. You know, like like, this is childbirth. That was the first time I've ever been like, wow, my body was telling me something. I listened and it was right. So Yes. And we could have a long conversation about that. I'm like, yes, yes. I went through a very similar situation. But what this reminds me about is the whole parenting world. And I talk a lot about this. Like, that's how I got into this. 99.9% of the time, what I'm teaching people is, what do you think is going on with your children? Tell me that strategy, right? What does it say in so-and-so's book? When you are screaming at the top of your lungs to your child because they won't listen to you or they're having a meltdown, you can fucking run to your bookshelf and open page 196 and start reading the script from the book. You have to be in it, right? And so trusting yourself is the number one key to anything. What do you want? What does that feel like? What is that knowing? And as soon as you're like, this is it, you can look a doctor in the face and doctors are human beings mm-hmm. who are highly educated and in, in a niche. Okay. I have doctors in my family, highly educated in a niche. You talk about essential oils or meditation and they look at you like you have 10 heads, but if they read the research and they want to get educated in a different niche, it's like, if you asked me, Heather, can you perform surgery on this? Fuck no, because I'm not educated in that niche. So we're just giving so much power to these people who have dedicated their lives to become educated in a niche. But I remember looking at my oncologist and I would say, Hey, I want to do this. She's looking at me like I have 10 heads. Mm -hmm. And I said, you just need to trust me. She said, okay, I trust you do it. And I didn't need her permission. I just needed to tell her what I was doing. But so many people were resistant towards Heather. You're going to piss them off. Heather, don't do this. Heather is like, fuck you. Let me just trust my gut. This is why her world is in shambles. This is why everybody is just, I hate the term giving their power away, but this is why everybody's like, oh, what do I do? Somebody help me, help me, help me. Guys, come back to your breath. Calm down. Look within ask yourself, what is that little tiny voice? Maybe the one that you haven't listened to in such a long time. What is it telling you today? Take action on that. And that is how you will feel in control of your life. And it will feel really, really messy. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. Let's just breathe into that. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I've been doing this for a long time now, and I know that some of the listeners have been with me for years and have gone on this evolution with me. And I think back to some of the things I used to believe and the ways and strategies I used to live my life, and they're, they're different from how they are now. And one of the things that I had a lot of resistance around was meditation and slowing down. And I kind of half joke about it over here on the podcast that I, it's not for me. And it's not for me because I wasn't very quote unquote good at it. And, you know, that's why they call it a meditation practice. And I surprise myself with some of the things that I've been learning about. And I mean, reading about Hindu goddesses and uh, crystals. And I really want a flower crown now. And, <laughs> you know, lighting candles when I meditate and, and even like saying things out loud and, and, you know, asking for guidance from angels and my lineage from the women before me who were not able to speak out like we are about things mm-hmm. and yes. who were persecuted for it. Like I feel that in my bones and in my tissue, their legacy. So the woo-woo factor over here is definitely evolving. And I think it's just coming with a knowing. And again, that word surrender and my own evolution and maturity. And I think it looks different for everyone. And I'm not saying it's for everyone, but if you hear that voice inside of you that is wanting something like that, that is wanting more quiet in space to be able to listen to yourself, please, please, please listen to that. I think that's kind of the message that we're trying to hit home here. Yeah. And I just want to touch on that too, because there's a lot of shame that comes around this, like, I'm not good enough. I'm not meditating Mm -hmm. enough. I'm not quiet enough. And I believe that we all come into the world energetically as we are, right? So there's those movers and shakers that just get shit done. Mm -hmm. And then there's those people that are like the calm, cool, and collected and just can sit on a meditation pillow all day and accomplish nothing. <laughs> and, and be okay about I, it. Like, <laughs> okay about it. And that is the lifestyle they want to live, but they're still living their purpose in a different way, right? So, because mm-hmm. I'm one of those people too, like my form of meditation could be sitting for 60 seconds, getting centered, taking action, sitting for another 60 seconds. It could just be breath. It could be going to yoga class. It could be running a marathon. This is form of mindfulness. Okay. Not so much a formal meditation practice, but it's about just looking within yourself. And there's been so much shame. And I remember reading about Danielle Laporte talking about this of like, you know, just go, 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 go. And I know now she's kind of talking about the other of like slowing down, getting clear and all of that stuff. But If you're a mover and a shaker and you're ambitious, own that shit. That's okay, right? Like, Mm -hmm. don't dial it down because the world is telling you you need to relax. If it works for you, do it. But just make sure you're not burning yourself in the process. Bring in what you need. But, like, women who are ambitious, because I attract a lot of those, who they're like, I want to feel good in my life. And I want real energy, not Red Bull energy, right? Like, I just want to feel really, really good. Then yeah, you've got to look within and you're going to have to get uncomfortable, but you don't need to be uncomfortable 24 hours a day. Mm -hmm. So it's finding the alignment of who you are, and what you bring to the world. And if you're that person, that's like, get shit done, make shit happen be that person. The world needs you. That's part of your purpose. Yeah. Oh, well, I didn't get to ask you all the questions I wanted to. So I'll just have to have you come back on in the spring. And thank you so much for this conversation. I'm so incredibly grateful. I love this. This is a fabulous conversation. And before it's done, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for being you, all of you, who you are, and putting it out into the world. Because 
we never know our voice, your voice and what you like. It could be a simple podcast. It could be a simple Facebook status. You know, I'm watching and I'm going, oh, if she can do it, I can do it too. So Mm -hmm. we're all together in this. And I just want to say thank you. You're welcome. And thank you for that loveliness. And I kind of joke like when I have people on that say things like that, let's just have a podcast episode where we just validate the shit out of each other for an hour. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) But everyone, I want you to go over and Heather has her own podcast. It's called Mom is in Control, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mom is in Control podcast. There's a website of the same name, heatherchauvin.com. These links are all going to be in the show notes. So please jump on over there so you can get to know Heather more. Go listen to her podcast. And it looks like you have like a 21 day challenge over there. Yeah, if everyone just goes to my website, my name, Heather Chauvin, C-H-A-U-V-I-N.com, all the freebies are on the front page. Excellent. And I will for sure, absolutely, a thousand percent have you on again. And everyone listening, thank you so much for being here and listening to me go on and on about my book coming out. And thank you for those of you who have pre-ordered already. And I'm excited to see you in the upcoming free class that we have, the book study that corresponds to that book. And... I'm just so grateful to be able to spend time with you every week. And until next time, I will see you out in cyberspace. Bye-bye. Hey, ass kickers, you know what would help me out so much if you left a rating and review for this podcast. Your Kick-Ass Life podcast will always be free to you and to help me get more awesome guests and to spread the word, it helps tremendously if you leave a rating and a review. Now, they don't particularly make this super easy to do, so I'll help you out a little. If you're in iTunes and you're on your phone, when you are in the podcast app, you need to search for Your Kick-Ass Life podcast. I know, even if you're subscribed, this is how you do it. So when you search for it and you see it come up, click on the cover art, then towards the top where it says reviews, click that, scroll down a tiny little bit, and then click write a review. Stitcher is a bit easier if you're on Android. The easiest way I found to do this is to type into Google stitcher.com, your kick-ass life, and voila, my podcast should pop up as the first link. Scroll down and click write a review. That's it. Thank you so very much. You have no idea how much it helps me when you do that. All right. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.